This is Tech Talk with your host, Tom DiOria. Tom will spend the next hour making your life with technology a little easier with explanations of the different aspects of today's technology and how it can benefit your home, small office, or enterprise. Now here's your host, Tom DiOria. Welcome to IMI's Tech Talk. On this, the second Sunday of March, it's March 9th, 2014. Daylight savings time has hit us today, and we're on at 5 p.m. in New York listening area and 3 p.m. in Arizona. Remember, they don't believe in daylight savings time. Today we're live from our New York office, and we're going to be discussing an interesting topic that may be at the top of your list, but it's something you should at least be aware of. Why and how is the communication law going to be updated with our guest, Gary Arlen? Uh, communication law covers your phones, your television, your cable, uh, a whole bunch of uh, technology communications interfaces that you do on a daily basis. I'm Tom DiOri. I'm the CEO of Information Methods Incorporated, and together with our weekly guest, our show will help our listeners, whether a business or home technology user, make better use of all aspects of technology. Just in case you're a first-time listener, in our first segment, Tech Talk provides you the review of last week's most significant events in technology. We start their increased coverage of New York's technology scene, and we follow this with an industry-wide report, which could contain information on conferences, announcements by vendors, new releases of software equipment, or new contract opportunities. One of our guests followed us from many aspects of business and industry, and if you wish us to consider a topic for a future show, you can email your suggestions to techtalk, that's D-E-C-H-T-A-L-K, at imi-us.com, we'll get back to you pretty quickly. Anytime after our show introduction, please give us a call or send an email message with questions on today's topic or anything else that we might be able to help you with. You can call 277-KFNX. That's 277-5369. If you're outside the 602 listening area, call us toll-free at 1-866-536-1100. You can send email questions to techtalk at imi-us.com. And we're also being simulcast on the web, so if you can't get to your radio and you want to listen to us live, go to KFNX's website, which is 1100kfnx.com. And if you want to listen to this show again or any of our previous shows, you can go to our website, which is imi-us.com. In the upper right-hand corner is the Tech Talk button. Click on that. Uh, there's an archive button, and all the shows are there. You can download them, send them to your friends, listen to them as many times as you want. It's free, so please take advantage of that. And please call in any time during the show, and we'll try and get you on as quickly as possible. First segment is our Week in Review. It's our increased coverage of technology events in New York City and around the world. It's compiled by Dave Brandon, Dan Dioria, and Jose Batista. Okay, let's see. Cranes tells us that it pays to be loyal, especially when it comes to black car service. New York City-based car service app WISK, that's W-H-I-S-K, has secured over 17,000 downloads since its launch unveiled its WISK Unlimited Ride Pass, a new membership program that offers unlimited ride subscriptions through flat-rate weekly payments for black car transportation. The company has experienced nearly 50% growth in revenue and uses every month since announcing the finish of its beta phase. New York City accounts for 40% of the taxi market in the country and WISC hopes to perfect its black car transportation service before moving to other cities. The app allows customers to order car transportation services for themselves and for their companies under a single account and to track the progress of when and where the car will arrive. 
Risk stated that 97% of New York City metro area rides are not facilitated by smartphones and saw a clear need for car service companies and technologies to work smarter and more creatively to meet industry and rider demand. Subscriptions are sold in weekly increments, and pricing is determined based on selected points of interest. Sample pricing is available upon request, and complete terms are available online with the average weekly price approximately $100 to $150. So that sounds pretty cool. Time Warner tells us that the NYPD pilot program to use tablets to test crime data app. Uh, we were at a... Um, Breakfast of the New York Police Foundation, and that's where uh, Police Commissioner William Bratton stated that he wanted New York City police officers to be high-tech with crime information at their fingertips. Um, he's talking about a pilot program in which officers will carry electronic tablets to quickly access, access information. Um, at the presentation, he was showing us what he has in his conference room that he goes over every morning, uh, and there are numerous screens with numerous pieces of data, and he wants the on-the-beat cop to be able to have access to all of that information that he has access to. Um, the NYPD's Deputy Commissioner of Information Technology, who was recently appointed, said that the program should start in a few months, and that's uh, Jessica Tisch. The tablets will be used as an application developed from the NYPD's highly sophisticated surveillance and tracking system called Domain Awareness. Um, Jessica Commissioner Tisch described police that would see an alert panel for all 9-11 jobs that he or she is supposed to respond to. They'll get all the 911 text that's associated with the job. That include anyone who has been arrested or has a warrant and also will track registered gun owners. The commissioner said that once the pilot program starts, he wants lots of feedback from officers on the street to find out if there needs to be changes to the technology or devices. Um, from what he said, this is a joint progress process between uh, Microsoft and uh, the police department, and I believe it did use some of the funds uh, provided by the New York law, the New York uh, Police Department Foundation. In addition, expect to see pilot program of officers wearing body camera to start in the near future. That was ordered by a federal judge during the stop, question, and frisk trial. Uh, that's something that I've noticed that the new commissioner says instead of stop and frisk, it's stop, question, and frisk. Okay. Is the business be made in better understanding the places you want to be? Place make. Place meter. This is from Technically Brooklyn. The way you interact with physical locations around you is extremely outdated, said uh, Florent Pierre, co-founder and COO of Place Meter. Um, that's why the team is working now to build up a data-gathering infrastructure that will allow consumers to know how busy their favorite spots are before going. Even more lucratively, it will also be gathering pools of data that certain businesses will realize they really need, or hopefully, according to these guys. Uh, to begin to get data, the place meter team wants for New York City place meter said that they'll need at least 2,000 cameras or sensors. To date, the team has access to less than half that, including several hundred Department of Transportation devices and 200 of their own. The team uh, is still working to get the app working smoothly while simultaneously building their own Raspberry Pi-based sensor. Once that's done, they believe they can present it 
to the tech community and get the full layer they need. Okay, GeekWire is telling us that um, it can be hard to find good images on the web for free. While some people are happy to run a quick image search, slap something up on their blog and call it good, it can be harder for more copyright-conscious people to get a free image that also looks great. Seattle-based Getty Images hopes to help people out by allowing users to embed stock photos for free on Twitter. Tumblr, and non-commercial blogs and websites. While the company has always charged for its images in the past, their frequent use on commercial websites means that they turn up in uh, image searches, which then leads to someone else using them without paying for a license. The new feature is designed to keep to give people an easy way to keep within the bounds of the law and still get good images. When a user embeds an image they get from Getty, it will uh, include attribute to the original creator as well as a large link back to Getty's site as well as buttons that would allow users to share the image to Twitter, Tumblr, and get their own embedded code. People can find images using filters in Getty search, and once they reach the image they like to embed, they can preview it to see what it will look like before inserting it into a page or a post. And finally... Facebook is cracking down on illegal gun sales ban planned on site. Facebook will delete posts where users declare a willingness to break the law, such as to sell a gun without background check or transport it across U.S. state lines. People who promote private sales of guns or other regulated goods and services might get a message from Facebook reminding them to comply with the law. Okay, good luck. Uh, this is Tom Dioria. We're live on IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. It's the 9th of March, 2014. We're going to take a break. We're going to get back to our with our guest, Gary Arlen, and talk to you about updating communication law, why and how soon. Please stay tuned. We're going to be right back after these messages. Welcome back to IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. I'm Tom Dioria, and it's the 9th of March, 2014. And as I mentioned to you before the break, we're going to uh, be updating you on communication law, why and how soon. Uh, our guest is uh, Gary Arlen, and he's the president of Arlen Communications, a research and analysis firm specializing in converging media, telecommunications, and information services. Uh, he has been a Keen, uh, he has a keen eye for the implications of public policy on such vital services as mobile and wireless technology, new ventures such as Internet of Things, as well as the deployment of electronics devices, all of which will be affected by the upcoming battle to reform the Telecommunications Act that Congress adopted in 1996 at the dawn of the web era and just before the explosion of smartphone mobile services. So, Gary, that's a long time ago in, in technology. history in uh, modern electronics, yeah. yep. <laughs> so where are we? What, uh, maybe you can give our listeners a little background about what that Communications Act tried to do, and then we can talk about the current status. Well, that, that act was trying to update the 1934 uh, Telecommunications Act, or Communications Act, which basically put in place at early in the development of radio and telephone service, how these uh, two regulated businesses uh, should be used. Again, it was a monopoly environment back in 1934, which was no longer the case in 96. 
And it was um, uh, obviously television had come along, so the uh, 1930, the 1924 Radio Act needed to be updated. And in essence, what the 96 law tried to do was really take a, a new look at a lot of issues of the communications industry, which by then included radio and television, cable television, obviously phone, and uh, even wireless and mobile services. Uh, again, one of the things to keep in mind from a long historical perspective is a lot of that communications regulation dates back to the, 19, the 1880s when they were trying to regulate monopolies, ra- railroad monopolies. And obviously the, the world has changed a lot in that hundred and some years. It certainly has. I'm just reading a book uh, about Teddy Roosevelt and Taft called The Bully Pulpit when they were trying to do that regulation. So that was a long time ago. Great book, too. In- Pardon me? That, that is also a great book. <laughs> yes. I'm only, uh, it's a big book, too. <laughs> um, was the Internet around then? I mean, did it touch on the Internet at all? Well, it did and it didn't. Certainly the Internet had been around for 20 or 30 years by the time the 96 Act was uh, adopted. But the web was in its infancy. What we now know is the consumer Internet through uh, the web. But online services had had been around and there had been some talk about them, a lot of legal jurisdiction, legal juggling about what the online world should be like. But the Internet really did not play a big part in the 96 Act. In fact, I think it's only mentioned one time in the document that the Congress adopted back then. That's interesting. Um, okay, so who's pushing for uh, telecommunications uh, uh, law reform, and uh, what is the status of it? It's a big issue right now. No one is pushing for it, but a lot of people are aware it's, it's needed. I mean, some of the public interest groups uh, believe that what's happened with the communications industry in the past 20 years requires some reexamination. A number of public advocates, and, and they've uh, had a hearing in Congress. So, I mean, some senators and congressmen also believe that it's time to, to revise this issue of communications on the basis that it affects everybody's life. I mean, you know, it's one thing to talk about legislative reform of some sorts, but here's an industry, and again, communications includes not only Internet and mobile communications, but all kinds of phone services, all kinds of data services, television, radio, cable, satellite, all of which come from very different backgrounds, different regulatory uh, regimens. So there is a belief that somehow, some way, these should be connected. Now, who's not pushing for it, although they recognize it's, it's, there's some inevitability in this, are AT&T and Verizon and Comcast, uh, many of the other cable companies and phone companies uh, that will be affected by the change. And uh, no one likes change, especially something as fundamental. I also, uh, Tom, want to put it in one bit of context, and I have to look no further than uh, this week's headlines in the business page. When you see things like uh, the merger of big grocery store chains like Safeway and Albertsons, or when you see that... uh, uh, Staples, the uh, uh, the retail store that sells office supplies and, and home supplies, electronics of all sorts. Staples says it's going to cut back stores and also cut back its um, uh, size of the stores that it keeps alive. Both of those are in part predicated on the fact that most of us, many more of us are doing constantly increasing numbers, are doing shopping and other things. What we used to do in a store are doing those online. And although it's a stretch to say it, 
the, the companies who use communications, whether it's retail stores, whether it's uh, government or military, almost any category of business now deeply relies on use of the Internet and, and wireless communications as well as other types of telecom. So you realize how important this touches everybody's lives and the, really the way we live as a country. So the, the topic of, of changing the Communications Act becomes a very important one that involves and will involve thousands and thousands of parties as well as hundreds of millions of Americans. Who's at the top of this? Are, are there associations? Is it Congress? It's called the National uh, Telecommunications and Information Administration. And, of course, there's the Federal Communications Commission, which is an independent agency. But those guys are political appointees and tend to say, we'll do whatever Congress uh, wants, because Congress is really the centerpiece of this. And within Congress, the... Uh, uh, head of the, uh, the chairman of the communications subcommittee. Uh, both houses of Congress have a subcommittee as part of the commerce committees of those uh, uh, bodies. And the uh, chairman of the Senate communications subcommittee, uh, Senator Rockefeller from West Virginia, has held some hearings and uh, seems to be interested in doing something on this. But the fact is, uh, he is a lame duck. He's not going to run for re-election. So. Uh, since nothing, we'll talk about that in a moment, but nothing substantive is being done on uh, reform this year. Uh, Rockefeller's uh, hearings and his examinations and his speeches are informational, which will contribute to the longer-term conversation. In the House, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Congressman uh, Walden from uh, uh, Oregon has uh, held some hearings about it and is pushing some rules. I, I believe I, I saw him say something that, uh, the uh, regulation is outdated at best and uh, in some ways damaging to the industry and to consumers. So both houses are, are taking a look at it. Uh, there is no real champion of it. Uh, the fact is, if anything, the uh, associations, which includes the Broadcasters Association, the Cable Association, the Telephone Association, and a whole laundry list of alphabetical uh, groups here, will uh, recognize it's coming and will do their magic in lobbying to uh, see what they can do to forestall any changes in the status quo. Okay, we're going to take a break. You brought up a whole bunch of uh, issues I want to touch on, like doesn't seem like there's any speed behind this, and uh, even though it's outdated, the question is, is it negatively affecting anything? And uh, we, should, we should cover a little bit about what's in it. So uh, we're going to take a break. This is Tom Diorio. We're on IMI's Tech Talk. It's the 9th of March, 2014. We've got daylight savings time in New York. And uh, as you well know, if you're a regular listener, uh, Arizona doesn't believe in uh, changing the clock. Uh, we're talking to Gary Arlen, who's president of Arlen Community. Welcome back to IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. I'm Tom Diori. It's the 9th of March, 2014. Happy Daylight Savings Day, or time now anyway. And we're talking to Gary Arlen about updating communications law, why and how soon. And before the break, um, Gary was telling us about uh, a little bit of the background here and who's on what side and who's doing what. But there seems to be no urgency. I mean, there's, there's stuff in the current... Uh, legislation that uh, is damaging or holding stuff up or contrary to what we're trying to do here? Well, Tom, there's all kinds of things in the current 
law, that's legislation. What's on the books right now is how uh, companies operate. And what makes it interesting is that not only communications companies, as we thought of them, are involved in this, but uh, Silicon Valley is deeply interested in this. Google obviously has a big lobbying presence in Washington and has a big ambitions in the communications and information sector, uh, which are affected by these issues. Uh, topics like um, uh, companies like Intel, uh, even Amazon, certainly Apple, who all have an interest and a toe in these businesses, become very important in this upcoming dialogue. And, and so is it important to them? Well, yeah, the current issues that are on the books uh, and also in the courts right now, like network neutrality, the ability of uh, cable and uh, telephone companies to throttle or control the speed of access uh, and the uh, other factors in the delivery of services such as Netflix or even YouTube or any kind of online video, which is a very important business right now, all of them are part of this. So these are kind of the co- some of the companies that are looking for some kind of legislative reform, some changes, because they see their business opportunities could be in some ways uh, held back by the legacy telecom providers, the cable and, and uh, telephone companies that really are the subject of the law as it exists. Is it to their best interest, because that's the way they've been doing business since that legislation, since... Uh you know, the 90s, uh, to doing business that way and to, you know, change is not good for a large company like that? Or is it just that they're set in their ways? I mean, what's their motivation for not, you would, you would think that they would see some advantage in, uh, having it updated. By that, you mean the, uh, existing legacy? Big company, right. I say Google and Intel are pretty big, and Apple are pretty good companies too. But if you mean companies like Verizon and AT&T and Comcast, Yes, they, they like a lot of industries, don't like change because they know how much revenue they're going to make. They have a road plan based on what they know of, of business conditions and economic and financial issues. And when you have a major change that could bring new competitors into the business, that could put new uh, uh, ways of, of uh, I don't want to say new tariffs because that's what gets down the road somewhere, but that enable new kinds of pricing models, that even enable new kind of alliances to take shape. You start to see that these are uh, big issues that the uh, legacy companies don't want to see changed quickly. So these are business considerations uh, that underlie legislative agendas. So do you think the new legislation will have more regulation or less regulation? Is it better based on your experience? to let them go off and do their own thing, or is it something that really needs regulation? Again, as I said earlier, the the nature of the communications business that uh, touches every part of our lives, whether it's phone or mobile, whether it's um, uh, television or radio, really does need some kind of regulation. I won't say more regulation, but it needs consistent regulation. And, I, again, I'm not an attorney, although I have been following uh, these issues from for more than 30 years, well before the current uh, law was put into effect. And that took, by the way, 10 years of uh, deliberation before the 96 Act was adopted. So th- these are long processes, and businesses change. I, I do think that there is some need for consistency for at, at a very elemental level. And, and I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here, but, for example, uh, cable TV regulation pretty much stems from historically uh, cable uh, existence as a piggyback onto broadcast regulation. 
back in the earliest days of cable, it merely retransmitted broadcast TV channels. Well, nowadays, the cable industry is a data communications industry. It's, uh, Comcast, for example, is the largest online uh, Internet service provider. Many of the cable companies offer telephone service through their uh, Internet protocol uh, capabilities. So all of a sudden, cable is really not an offshoot of television, but it's a full communications company, as is the phone company, which, again, started by delivering voice, and that's why it was regulated as a monopoly a hundred years ago, but now Verizon or AT&T and others deliver video programming competing with cable. They delivered uh, internet access, uh, again, competing with cable and others. Uh, So you see there's a talk of a level playing field, so all these companies don't just operate from their legacy lines of business, but looking forward where they go. And as wireless uh, becomes more important, part of the uh, legislation will inevitably include how the spectrum is doled out. There's a big fight right now about, uh, you know, the broadcasters arguably own channels of television stations, which could be put to better use by uh, devoting them to uh, services like mobile and wireless communications. And so all these things about spectrum auctions, uh, broadcasters, and mobile services, all of them combine, and they really would start with a level playing field that would affect the way all of us work and live. So this, this also controls the spectrum, in other words, where the radio, television, and all that, all those uh, you know, different frequencies, is, does this act or this law control that as well? It does. Again, the, the law assigns responsibility to oversee it to various federal agencies, including the Federal Communications Commission, but uh, Pentagon and others have control over some. The uh, Commerce Department's uh, NTIA administration unit controls or oversees the allocation of these. And again, this is the kind of natural regulation for um, uh, just a, you need a traffic cop, basically, to say two channels can't broadcast on the same frequency at the same time, or two phone calls can't be in the same place at the same time without without crosstalk. I mean, it's, it's very minute, but it's the kind of thing that every, everyone agrees you need some of that traffic cop function to just maintain order in the airwaves. It seems, I mean, you, you mentioned that it, t- it took 10 years to get the uh, 1996 law into being, and prior to that, you know, the last law, as you mentioned, was 60 years before. Is this something that once they finally get their act together and get something updated and passed, that there should be some way of doing this more frequently since the industry is changing significantly more rapidly than it was 60 years ago and 20 years ago? I mean, do you foresee them seeing this as something that needs constant attention or maybe I'm way off base here? Well, now you get into things that are way, as, as they say here in Washington, way beyond my pay grade. The, the, the reality is that, sure, it needs, it needs to be constantly monitored. Uh, 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 many people believe, as do I, that a, a very well-crafted law would be flexible enough that the, the people who administer it, in other words, the Federal Communications Commission, the, the Commerce Department, other federal agencies, who, who just have to do the work on it, are able to have guidelines of what should be to accommodate these great changes going forward 
that we, we expect just based on the experience of the past 20 years in, in mobile and wireless in particular, but of the Internet delivery of the Internet of Things, which is machine-to-machine communications that uh, allow great new services to, to be innovated. And you don't want Congress to be stepping in every, every time, partly because Congress will take so long to do it and will have to compromise in so many ways. So you want to craft the law crafted well enough that the administrative agencies can deal with it. The reality of the past few years is that the law is confusing. A lot of new companies are bubbling up that do things. There's a company, for example, called Aereo, A-E-R-E-O, which is really blending broadcast TV and Internet delivery. Uh, it bypasses the rules that were adopted by the um, uh, to, to help cable companies sustain carrying broadcasting, uh, a little uh, thing called retransmission consent, which is a part of the previous law. But more importantly, Aereo bridges this gap across communication sectors. Uh, it's so complicated that the Supreme Court's uh, taking up the case of whether Aereo's approach to that blend is legal. The Supreme Court's uh, expected to hear uh, the, the court's uh, the uh, uh, issue in late, late April of this year. But it, and that's on a very fast uh, track to get through the Supreme Court. But a lot of people have said the 96 law has been so confusing facing the reality of what the communications business has been that they don't want uh, to have con- courts deciding telecommunications policy. And that's one of the reasons to revise the law to make more sense of it. That's very interesting. We're going to take another break. We're talking to Gary Arlen, who is the president of Arlen Communications, about updating the communications law. I'm Tom DiOri. It's the 9th of March, 2014. We're on IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. Please stay tuned. We're going to be right back after these messages. Welcome back to IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. It's March 9th, 2014, and we're talking to Gary Arlen about updating the communications law. And as I mentioned to you before, Gary is the president of Arlen Communications, and uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you do at Arlen Communications. Well, Arlen Communications is a research company. We've been around for about uh, almost 30 years, actually a little more than 30 years now, looking at the convergence of telecommunications media, uh, technology policies. So from here in, in the Washington, D.C. area, we've, we've tracked, we've published newsletters, we publish reports, we do some consulting work for organizations that are, that are trying to figure out where to play in this uh, evolving, sometimes very quickly evolving market that has brought us new businesses like e-commerce, uh, has brought us obviously email and all the other wonders of, of uh, interactive television, interactive uh, uh, games online. So we have worked with a number of big companies, a number of very interesting small startups, to see where they fit in to this evolving, quickly evolving environment. And in particular, because we're in Washington and have had a long connection with the uh, regulators, and lawmakers, policymakers who, who affect these businesses, uh, we've put a special focus lately on what this means and how it's going to shake out for both the companies involved with it and for the end-user customers. 
In addition, and if I, I write, uh, I was going to say, Tom, I, I write a couple okay. of columns in some of the business magazines that follow these industries, like multi-channel news and TV technology, uh, the Consumer Electronics Association's magazine. So uh, if you want to look for me, I'm pretty easy to find online. And that's what I was going to ask. How do our listeners get in touch with you if they want to follow up? Well, arlencom.com is our website. Uh, you can just Google my name, Gary Arlen, and it will lead you to some of these hundreds of articles uh, that I've, I've mentioned, plus a link to, uh, find, you'll find our website from that as well. Okay, and Arlen is A-R-L-E-N. Correct. A-R-L-E-N-C-O-M.com. Okay. Um, back to the legislation now. Um, do you think this is going to be a complete rewrite, or are they going to come out with changes to it, uh, you know, a little at a time? Have you heard what their thinking is about this, they being Congress? Well, it depends who you talk to, because people think very <laughs> different things about it, including just don't touch it. Uh, in the very cynical way of Washington, especially these days, but I actually heard this comment years ago, uh, decades ago, uh, when congressmen see the CEOs of multi-billion dollar companies testifying before them asking for one thing or the other, the congressmen don't much look at the policy. They look at the campaign contributions that they can get if they don't decide anything. Now, that's a very cynical way to look at how our government works. And by the way, that's bipartisan greed, uh, of course. But the fact is, of course, um, the fact is that it will take a long time to decide this. And different companies, uh, different companies and different groups have very different objectives. Some believe it should be rewritten from scratch. Otherwise, it'll just be tinkering with the current uh, uh, rules that are on the books, the laws that are on the books, in an era where a phone company and a cable company aren't that different, where the rules that apply to railroad regulation, which is the roots of much of this uh, uh, commerce uh, regulation from over 130 years ago, where those don't apply anymore. So in a, an ideal world, it would be a complete omnibus rewrite from scratch, taking into account what the industries are right now and where the participation of companies like uh, Google and Intel and Cisco and Motorola and dozens of others do make a, um, an important statement. This is part of what's being done globally. Other In Europe and Asia, there's, there's similar efforts to uh, acknowledge it, although the U.S. system, of course, has long been the prototype because it is such a uh, sort of an open system, but uh, catering to the interests of a small handful of companies who can, historically were the, the players. Uh, that's no longer the case. So uh, with, with Silicon Valley and others now in the game so deeply, I think it can be a very omnibus wholesale rewrite from scratch. So obviously then uh, combining both of those things where it's a complete rewrite and uh, it's a very political issue, this being an election year, nothing's going to happen for a while. Is that a good assumption? That's right. And even, Tom, even some of the people who have been most involved in it say, you know, it's sort of good to start to lay the groundwork now that uh, some of the things that are being done by Senator Rockefeller's committee, a uh, subcommittee rather, and, and uh, uh, Congressman uh, uh, Walden's subcommittee in the House, all of them will add to the inventory of information, understanding. People at least will start to see how the players are shaping up. 
uh, it's very likely that nothing will happen next year or in the following year is the presidential election year. But the conversation will get underway, and that's important to see who should be part of it and what issues are going to be you know, the ones to focus on as you get into this um, new age of, of communications and media that, that is definitely uh, we're in the early stages of right now. So this is the gathering stage, and then... They're going to write legislation, and then there'll be a whole discussion, debate over what that legislation is, and it'll be tweaked until they're ready to actually vote on it. So we could probably go through two presidential elections before anything happens. Uh, there's, there's a lot of feeling. It, absolutely, it could go through a couple more cycles, but there's uh, somewhat of a feeling from the people I talk to, and I, I try to interview and uh, converse with a wide swatch of folks on, on both sides of the aisle in all kinds of interests on the business side. They say this is important enough that it probably is going to happen um, in the latter part of this decade. It means uh, whether it be 2017 or 18 or 19, the next uh, presidential administration, uh, that's still four or five years away, but it's the kind of thing that is important enough and we'll see enough new movement in the next few uh, years to see how, how some big changes are ready to take shape here. The last question I have uh, before we wrap up, because we're running out of time, is do you think the public cares about this at all? Well, they, no one cares about legislation. What's the famous line? You don't want to watch sausage or laws being made. It's just too sickening. <laughs> so public doesn't care. What they do, what, what we do care about is uh, that we have a good signal on our phone, that we have a good uh, uh, signal or an Internet uh, video contact if we're re- getting video from our uh, tablet. We care about a lot of things and take for granted most of it. Uh, the fact is that it is all important to the way we live in the Internet era. And so we care about it, but we don't care about the lawmaking itself. We care about what the results are and how it affects what we can get and how much we pay for it. Terrific. Well, Gary, I really appreciate your time, you know, taking the time to be with us. And uh, this may have to turn out to be a series, and we'll have you back on the show and see where we are uh, maybe in a year or so. And maybe for the next five years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Minimally. <laughs> uh, next week, uh, we're going to be live from our New York offices. And as I promised you at the beginning of the show, um, we're going to have the uh, interview with uh, the new police commissioner in New York, uh, Bill Bratton. Uh, we'll do that as part of the Week in Review. I want to thank Terry Ruggiero, IMI's President, Dave Brandon, Dandy Ori, and Jose Batista for the Week in Review. Taylor Redden's our producer, Matt Campadding is our executive producer, and from the production part department at KFNX, without whom you wouldn't hear a word we said, Robert Bombeck. Thanks again for listening, and please don't forget to tune into Tech Talk next week at um, 5 p.m. in the New York listening area on KFNX AM 1100. Remember to send us your suggestions for future shows or ask us questions by sending an email to techtalk at imi-us.com. Have a great week. Enjoy Daylight Savings Time, and thanks again for listening.